Well, hello. From the time we're young, we learn very quickly that if we want our parents to get us the gifts that we desire, we have to make a list or we have to ask for them. If you don't ask for what you want, you may get something you don't. That's how it is with gifts, at least for the most part. Occasionally, someone who loves you very much will listen to what you talk about as far as things that you like, things that you might like to have, and can decide or decipher a good gift for you. And I love it when that happens. Someone who pays attention to you and pays attention to the comments that you make, the way that you look at something or talk about something that indicates something that you might like to have or some place that you might like to go. And then that person makes arrangements and presents it to you as a gift. But it doesn't take long to realize that to really get what you want, you have to be clear because it's hard to know what's in your head unless you tell people what you want. Today, we're going to talk about gifts. This is the fourth in a series of podcasts designed to define what living brightly really means. Brightly indicates lots of different things. Let your light shine because it's a little unclear what that means. When Jesus says you are the light of the world and let your light shine that others may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. I've taken those verses and created living brightly. And these first eight podcasts are all about defining what it means to live brightly by looking at brightly one letter at a time. Today, we look at G. What begins with G? Gifts. Some gifts we get because someone identifies something that they're pretty sure we want. Other times we get gifts because we ask for them. We specifically make a list, we make a request, or we tell somebody. Hey, I know my birthday is coming up. I know you usually buy me a gift. This is something I would like. Children make lists at Christmas time and for their birthdays. It's common for people to let other people know at a time when gifts are expected. For the most part, birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. So what does living brightly have to do with gifts? If this is the first podcast that you're listening to, I suggest that you pause here and go back and listen to the first three, starting with B is for believer. And you'll see that these kind of build together, in particular, these first four. Believer rest, identity, and now gifts. These four represent our foundation, the base with which we build our life. And this base is built on our personal, intimate relationship with God. Our vertical relationship comes first and foremost. And all these things represent how we can have a strong, healthy, vibrant relationship with God From that, then, we'll move on to the other four, which are about our horizontal relationships. So again, if this is your first podcast, I suggest you go back and start at the first podcast, B, what begins with B, Believer. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Elaine Cross. Gifts. There are many mentions of gifts in the Bible, but the first gift that we are given is the Bible. There's a great story in scripture where Jesus is talking about human fathers. In Matthew 7, verses 9 to 11, Jesus is saying, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, would you give them a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, would you give them a snake? Of course not. You sinful people know how to give good gifts. How much more so will your father in heaven give gifts to those who ask him? That is huge. There's a lot in that. And yet it identifies this idea that children ask parents for gifts, sometimes things they need, sometimes things they just want. 
And most of us as parents will give those to our children. And we certainly would not substitute something horrible like a rock instead of a loaf of bread or a snake instead of a fish. That would be a terrible gift. And only a horrible, horrible parent would even consider it, let alone do it. Now, a parent may do something as a joke where they give the rock first and have the bread behind their back. But it also says that gifts to those who ask them. There's an element of asking. God gives us gifts that he just gives us because he loves us and because of his care for us and his desire for us to live a whole life and understand how the world works. He gives us some gifts that we don't have to ask for. He just provides them. The first things that God has given us is the Bible. We can't take that for granted. It's easy in 2021 to consider the Bible as a normal, ordinary thing that everybody gets. It is an incredible gift to have all of Scripture in one book translated into virtually any language that you speak, and they're continuing to translate it today. In one of the last podcasts, I mentioned the fact that there was 2,048 years between Adam and the Abrahamic covenant. It was another 400 years before we had the written word, before Moses got Torah on the mountain. And then it was just Torah. It was the first five books of the Bible, which everything stems from those five books of the Bible. But imagine only having that. And yes, it was important that every Israelite learned how to read, and they translated them by hand, one by one. The completion of the Bible in 360 AD. So even all the churches that we read about in the New Testament, none of them had a complete Bible. The Bible wasn't completed until hundreds of years after the last book was written. John wrote Revelations in, I think, 70 AD. It was another 200 and some years before all those books were compiled into what is known as the canon of scripture. And it was still hundreds of years before it was readily available and printed. And the invention of the printing press was a huge blessing. And the big purpose of that was to provide the Bible. The translation of the Bible into everyday languages put the church in Rome in a very hostile place because they didn't want the everyday person to read the Bible. I'm sure it was for good intention that they would misinterpret or misunderstand, but it was also an element of power and control over the people and the the governments if the only people who had the scripture were the leaders in Rome, or any church leader for that matter. So the first gift that we get from God is his word. And I know there's a lot of discussion and debate and division, really, over the type of translation that you might choose to read. And I understand not any translation is perfect because unless you read it in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, the languages that it was originally written in, you're going to have some issues. Hebrew is a very unique language. And although the Jews translated it, the whole Old Testament, what we view of as the Tanakh, into Greek themselves at some point before Christ even came so that more people could read it and understand it, it's not the same as reading it in English. There's words that don't translate or are words that just don't exist in English for the words that are in Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek. So there's always going to be a slight disconnect. And yet we have a big God. And I think people spend a lot of energy and a lot of fear, which is not from God, because love casts out all fear and God is love. So when people talk about being afraid, 
I always try to just stop and pray and be patient and, and gracious because fear is not something that we get from God. Fear is not a gift from God. Fear is a gift we get from our enemy. It's not a gift. It's a counterfeit. But we have a big God and our God is very aware of what is happening, certainly with respect to his word. God is careful to guide the hands of translators. Can people mistranslate? Absolutely. I don't have any evidence of that happening. What often happens is the actual teaching of scripture is where misinterpretation and cherry picking of ideas and philosophies happens. I don't have any evidence of an actual Bible being mistranslated intentionally, except for somebody who may have translated it for a cult. Some people use the wisdom of men to explain things that are happening in scripture that don't necessarily align with what scripture is saying. This is why it's very important to read your Bible, the gift God has given us, and study it personally with the help of the Holy Spirit and know it for yourself and not rely solely on the teaching of other people. Anyone can get it wrong, but the Holy Spirit will not get it wrong. And the Holy Spirit loves it when we have questions. But we'll talk about this more at another time. Right now, we're looking at the gifts that God gave us, and the Bible is certainly at the top of the list. God's first and greatest gift to us was having a written, concrete, physical copy of his word. The Bible is a great gift to us from God. And because I know God is so great, and God is so complete and aware that he's omnipresent and omnipowerful, meaning he's always aware of what's happening and he has more power than anything else in this universe, I trust him to maintain good translations. Well, there are different types of translations. Some are more word for word. Others are phrase for phrase. So they translate it into a more contemporary language. It's more of a thought than a word for word translation. And there's a whole list of all different types of translations tracked based on how close they are to word-for-word translation versus thought-for-thought or phrase-for-phrase. There are some translations like the Message and the Passion that are very much like a rewrite in very contemporary terms. You'll hear things about baseball games and gas stations, which of course were not during the time that the scripture was actually written. But it does make a good parallel to life today. And if I want to understand what it kind of means today, sometimes those are good references. Not necessarily something to read to study from, but not something that's so evil if you read it, you're going to get confused and lose your way. The Bible is a tool. It's a gift. It doesn't replace our relationship with God, and it doesn't satisfy all of our needs as Christians. We need to have a prayer life. We need to have a a time when we pray and communicate with God and we are quiet and we try to hear his heart for us. We also need time in the word, in the Bible, and we need time with other believers. So having the Bible is vital because it's not dependent on somebody's memory over thousands of years. Can you imagine if they never wrote anything down about Jesus? And here we are 2,000 years later, what story would remain? What accuracy would remain? You can't do a telephone game with 20 people and have the end sound anything like the beginning. You can lose context within 10 people. And God has maintained his word 
And even the King James Bible, which reading the King James Bible can make you feel very pious or holy or elevated in some way, because the language is very old. The sentence structure and the cadence is very different from our contemporary language. And I enjoy reading the King James Bible. But the King James Bible was written over 500 years ago. To say that some of the words in there have changed in meaning is is a huge statement. There are many words in the King James Bible that have changed in meaning. So if you're reading a King James Bible, usually there's an appendix in the back of the book with hundreds of words that have changed in meaning. That makes reading the King James Bible a little cumbersome because you don't know where those words are and you have to kind of figure it out as you go. So although you may read the King James, read it in parallel with a more contemporary translation where a lot of those words have been corrected and updated to reflect current definitions. Understanding that words change in meaning, you can look at the homosexual community. When my mother was a teenager, the word for a cigarette was a fag. Well, when just before I was born, that word became a very derogatory term for a homosexual. That's a huge difference. Now put something like that in the Bible. Yes, translations are tricky, but God is good and God is big and God is strong and God is powerful and God is aware of these troubles and these limitations to this human language that we have. So what does he do? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he inspires translators to translate the Bible. One of my favorite translations, which is the New American Standard Version, was just recently updated. They have updated that translation about seven times since its first translation. So between the 1970-something and 2020, that translation has been updated to stay current with current language. Are they deforming it and twisting it and changing it to lead people astray? No, they're transforming it and rewriting it to ensure that no one gets led astray, that anyone can read it and understand what God was saying when the first original books were written. That's just the first gift, but it's a huge one. The other, even bigger gift is the gift that Jesus left us, the Holy Spirit. Prior to Jesus, the Spirit of God would enter certain people. Now, there was a proposition when the Israelites left Egypt and went to the mountain, and the mountain shook, and this felt like a very dangerous, scary event. And although God had said he would meet with his people, the thundering, the shaking earth, the the pillar of the cloud that came were very intimidating to the people. And they got so afraid because they didn't have any relationship yet with God. They had been living as slaves and had been under the masters, the slave masters for all that time in Egypt that when the earth shook and the thunder struck and the cloud was there, they said, no, 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 no. We don't want to talk to God. Moses, you go talk to God and you come and tell us what he says. So though God wanted to meet with his people then, they were too distant from him. They did not have enough relationship with him. So God honored that and created Torah, first five books of Moses, and then added to that the rest of the story through Malachi of the Israelites and their journeys and their prophets and their kings and their ups and their downs and everything that happened as an example for us to point us to the time when Jesus would come. And when Jesus came, in the end, Jesus said, I have to leave you because when I leave you, I will send a gift to you, a comforter. The Holy Spirit will come and live within you. 
scripture says that the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. So the Holy Spirit is available to anyone. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our sin and draws us and woos us to learn about God and learn to trust God and put our faith in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. The Holy Spirit is a gift that, as a part of God within us, can speak to our spirit and inspire us to translate scripture or stop wasting time playing video games, whatever it is. It's the Holy Spirit moving within us who can inspire great doctors to discover cures for diseases, to inspire, even believe this, politicians to write good laws, to inspire people who are criminals to turn their life around and become a positive member of society. It's the Holy Spirit within each person that pulls us toward God. So those two huge gifts that we get from God are directly related to our intimate personal relationship with God. Having the Holy Spirit and having the Bible sets us on a course that we can come to know Jesus in such a personal way that we can live a life that is full of all the other gifts that the Holy Spirit provide for us, of which there are many. We don't have to ask for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can move on people But the Holy Spirit comes to live within us when we accept Christ as our personal Savior. And we admit we are a sinner and the wages of that sin, the cost of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So when we accept that gift of life, we get the gift of the Holy Spirit as well. So now I've made a third one with the Bible, which is vital. The Holy Spirit, which is phenomenal, or the gift of life. These are gifts that God makes available to anyone who will. And that's the beauty of Christianity. It's open to anyone. It's all inclusive. There's nothing that you have done that would prevent you from getting these gifts, from accepting God, for coming to God and saying, hey, I've blown it. Or saying, kind of curious about this Bible thing. I I see these people and kind of want what they have. So they start reading the Bible. Or they sit in a jail cell, sobering up for the 15th time and say, God, I just can't do this anymore. I need your help. Help me. So they're unique and different. These three gifts, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and the gift of life, they all kind of work together. They piggyback from each other. And it's not necessarily one that comes first or one that comes after. But then once you have these gifts, once you have the gift of life and you have the Holy Spirit living within you, You get fruit of the Spirit, which is evidence of the Spirit living within you. And God has gifts that He wants to give you, but He wants you to ask for them. He wants you to pray for them. He wants you to earnestly seek them. That's not just expecting them to happen. That's not hoping for them to happen. Now, the Holy Spirit may inspire you, stir within your spirit a desire to know more about one gift or another. And if that happens, you should pursue it because God made these gifts available to us, not so that we could all be the same but that we could all use our unique gifts, our unique talents, our unique skills and abilities to live in this world and glorify God through our lives, that others may want a life like we have. There are gifts that represent different types of leadership, such as leader, evangelist, or pastor. There are also gifts that are more compassionate, like the gift of mercy, the gift of healing, the gift of helps. There's also the gift of administration. There are lots of gifts listed in the Bible, but I don't think it's an exhaustive list because we're not a finite creation. God has created each of us differently, 
and he may have a gift for you that's not necessarily detailed in the Bible. Creator God created us to create. And I create these podcasts and I create when I write my books and I do my teachings. But it's not the same as an artist who creates. <sighs> Some art is so beautiful and so profound. My daughter has a gift of art and it's not listed in the Bible anywhere. She didn't get it from me. I have some sisters who can draw, and I do believe that there are some gifts that are passed down through families. She can draw. I can't draw. But she has a beautiful gift of art, and I love it when she uses it. And I love it even more when she uses it because I can't draw like she can draw. And I love to look at nice art, good art. But what is nice art and good art? Nice and good are subjective. So there's hundreds of artists making hundreds of different types of art that appeal to hundreds of individuals. <laughs> and it just keeps going. Ultimately, the gifts that God gives us are for us to bring us joy. If you have the gift of music ability, any kind of music talent, I can barely play an instrument and I can sing, but I don't think anybody necessarily really wants to hand me the microphone. But I love to sing. I love to worship. If you have a gift of music, you really love to sing and you really love to make your music. You really love to create that like the artist loves to create, like the scientist loves to investigate as the lawyer loves to see justice prevail. Many of our gifts are intimately connected to who you are, your identity. And although they may be used to create a profession or to support a profession, the title and the profession that you have is not your identity but the skills and the talents that create that profession are. It's a beautiful society that we have because we are all so different. I don't want us to be the same. And because we're not all the same, we're not all going to get the same gift. Because what God has for me to do is not the same as what God has for you to do. So the gifts and the talents that I need to do what I am called to do are different from the gifts and the talents that you need to do what you are called to do. Whether that's to parent a child or fix a car or develop a spaceship to fly to Mars. Would I like to fly to Mars? I find space fascinating, but I also find the ocean fascinating. But for me, I like to teach, I like to write, I like to speak. That's where I shine. And it's not me who's shining, it's God through me. Because I want to live brightly by using the gifts and talents honoring the gifts and talents, recognizing the gifts and talents that God has put in you and God has put in me. Celebrate the gifts God has given you. They are yours for you and for you, for those around you, for you to earn a living and you earn a living by serving God's other children. What a beautiful interplay. The gifts of God, first for you, but secondly, for the world. So what begins with G in living brightly? Gifts. To live brightly, first you must be a believer and you must define what you believe in. You must rest and trust in God alone, which means that there are times when you have to let go and let God in a real sort of way. You have to know who you are, who he says you are, your identity. And then through all of that, accept the gifts that God gives us freely 
and seek out those gifts that the Holy Spirit stirs in your heart to obtain. You have not because you ask not. God eagerly wants to give you gifts, but he wants you to participate in the process because he could give you a gift and you wouldn't even know you had it. Like Jason Bourne when he looked at that billy club and decided, oh, I know what I can do with this. He wants us to ask first and then give us the gift. And these first four letters, B-R-I-G, create the foundation of what it means to live brightly. It creates the foundation of a relationship first and foremost with God, your creator, the creator of heaven and earth, creator of all that is seen and unseen, the creator of you, the creator of me, the creator of all those around us. It's a beautiful thing to live brightly and let your light shine. Thanks for joining me. Till next time.